This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. On another episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we are continuing our coverage of Harley Quinn Season 3 with this week's episode, Joker, The Killing Vote. Right after these ads, we have no control over. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of a favorite action animated series, yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the show where we take action animation seriously, but not too seriously. I am your host, Suhara Lee. With me today is the one and only Andrew Rogers. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm realizing now how weird it sounds to say my full name out loud every episode i'm just like why i know we have to do this for the people that don't know but it it feels weird to just announce your own name sometimes i'm trying to get exposure therapy like even today one of my clients like kept saying zahar and at one point i just stopped answering so she was like i was wondering where you went and i was like yeah you kept saying the wrong name so i just figured i'd stop you know uh what's the word i'm looking for stop entertaining it yeah, acknowledging, entertaining. Yeah. So you, what you're telling me is you don't tell your clients to call you Zoo when okay, you walk so in the door. Okay, so I, I say this to my friend, like, I don't mind when people call me Zoo. Okay. But I will never introduce myself as Zoo, and I don't expect my friends to ever introduce me as Zoo. Because Zuhair is the name my mom gave me. It's the name that I'm trying to build a legacy with. It's the name that's going to be on my stone when I die. It's not going to be Zoo. Hell yeah. So that's my name. Learn it. If you have trouble with it and you're more comfortable calling me Zoo, I like being called Zoo. It's perfectly fine. But I will never introduce myself as Zoo, and I will not tolerate Zoo hair being pronounced properly, uh, improperly. Okay. I, I mean, that's fair enough. To a lesser extent, like, I am not a fan of Andy or Drew. But, like, yep. obviously that's not people mispronouncing. That's just me having the preference of my name has always been Andrew. And it is, sure. you know, for the most part, Andrew. But yeah. You know, the more you know. So how does it feel having Marvel and DC content come out on the same day? I love it and I hate it. <laughs> Mostly because I have not had time to sit down and watch She-Hulk yet. And I'm waiting okay. for my girlfriend to get home from work so that she can watch it with me. So I don't have to watch it twice. So I'm like excited that I got something from DC, but also just like, oh man, I have to push the Marvel thing off to later. So... Okay. I, don't know. I like Thursday is an open day, though, so I do like having everything be on Thursday as well. 
That's convenient. That's very that's convenient. Very yeah, convenient. Wednesdays was rough for me because that's the day. I, I think Tuesday is the only day that I don't have like an obligation at night. Friday, my my Friday obligation like recently uh, got changed up. But sometimes it's like the day that I drive home to visit family. So Fridays is kind of like it depends on the week. But Tuesday is like the one day I don't have anything. And it's the day that nothing comes out either. So, yeah. I mean, that's my thing is I'm still looking for work, so I can't really complain about being all that busy right now. But, uh, you know, a lot of my time has been taken up going to the movies lately because I think I've mentioned I have AMCs, I got an AMC pass. I've probably said it the past couple weeks, but uh, Friday is new movie release day. And I did want to talk about the movie that I saw uh, this past Friday before we get into Harley Quinn. Secretly, it's Thursday night. They always just announce it as Friday, but... Go well, on yes. with that movie you would like to discuss. <laughs> this is true. So I got the opportunity to see Inu O uh, last week. And it was the most bizarre movie. I'm going to keep this as spoiler free as possible because I think it's important to go in knowing like next to nothing about this movie. Uh, I will say it is from Science Saru. So this is an anime film. I should preface that. Uh, it's not just animation. It is Japanese anime, Japanese language film. Uh, it's from Science Saru. They brought us two episodes of Star Wars Visions. I don't know if you've watched up to this point, Zuhair, but it was Toby 1 and Akakiri, Aka which I know was the last one that they produced. And this film, I'm not going to say it was like visually amazing. It wasn't anything groundbreaking in animation, but it was pure art. Like, the whole time, I was just like, this is beautiful, as though I'm looking at, like, a watercolor painting. Nothing was too sharp, nothing was over the top, but it just had so many moments where I was just appreciating everything on the screen that was in front of me. And I, the one thing I will say, this is a rock opera. That is what this movie was. Not a musical, a proper rock opera. And it has one of the best soundtracks I ever heard, and I don't speak a lick of Japanese. My girlfriend does. She loved the movie because she was doing it. I was going by subtitles and just the music that was in it. I was absolutely blown away. It felt like a little bit of a tribute to Queen and David Bowie with the era of music. It had just these hardcore guitar riffs, bass licks that just resonate into your soul. And the lead singer, I didn't write down his name. Um, he has range that matches, if not beats, Freddie Mercury. So... Oh, well. Yeah, he just absolutely blew me away. And to prove my point of how good this was, I re-listened to the soundtrack without subtitles like after the movie, and I was still getting chills down my spine during some of these songs. Like, you know, the story was it was what it was, and again, I'm not going to give anything away about the story, but just the music and the vocal performances absolutely blew me away and stunned the crap out of me. So if you're looking for something interesting to do, you want to go see a movie, but there's nothing out there that interests you, could totally recommend this and when it comes to streaming i'm gonna you know talk to my hosts about watching it and see if we do want to talk about it but yeah it was honestly just amazing and i needed to say something about it because like 10 out of 10 in music voice uh and they it was really interesting because it was in feudal japan so they also had like the old school flute mixed with the biwa which is the like lute sitar that they play in japan with the like comb almost so they were mixing these old school instruments with just hardcore double bass drum and bass guitar it was just over the top 
And just to say how bizarre this film was, this is the last piece that I have in my notes here. In the trailer, there was one review. It was from the rap, I believe. Like, you know how they put in trailers, like, you know, some quote from the review? Sure. The quote from this review was brilliant, brilliantly intense and unhinged. The best feudal Japanese hair metal demonic curse serial killer political tragedy rock opera of the year. Okay. The minute I read that, I was like, and the trailer clears up nothing about the movie. I would recommend watch the trailer if you're curious whether or not you would want to see this. It doesn't tell you anything about the plot. You're just like, I guess this is going to be interesting. And it, it really was such, it was an art piece. I don't even want to call it a movie. I don't want to call it a musical. It was a rock opera art piece. So if you are into that kind of thing, totally go see it but if you don't like rocky horror picture show or any of the other like famous rock operas this might not necessarily be for you but it was totally for me (laughs) something to keep an eye out for streaming because unfortunately i don't have uh the time to be bored and just go to the movies (laughs) uh but yeah that might be one that i just wait for but does sound interesting um another one that i've been hearing about a lot the last couple of weeks like it came out in january but i'm hearing about it a lot lately is uh, Bella on HBO Max. Apparently it's this really good standalone anime movie that's based off of like Beauty and the Beast. Huh. So well, I'm intrigued. Um, is it a musical? That. I don't know. Just heard it was a really good movie that looked beautiful and had good action. So that's all I needed. Okay. Yeah, no, I will tell. Is it Belle? Like B. Be- e-l-l-e yeah not bella okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. bell all right i will definitely have to give this a watch and on the note of you know recommendations and stuff uh we should also call out we had a listener very recently write in and just give us an anime recommendation and it has made its way to our list you know i acknowledged your message and sent it back to you but i just wanted to acknowledge live on the air like hey it's on our list thank you so much it was ryan collins was this listener's name uh I think the anime was Shaman, so that might be coming, but either way, we're going to watch it. But we just wanted to say thank you for sending stuff in. It's always nice to get more recommendations, as though Zuhair and I don't have enough to watch. Yeah, Shaman was a uh, Netflix original, so you know where to look. Uh, apparently, it was already on my list when he told me, so him just telling me just kind of made me want to watch it more. The trailer looked interesting. It's just, yeah, that's all I got to say. The trailer looked interesting. I finally finished season one of Fire Force. I finally finished season one of Rising the Shield Hero. Both of those shows are really good. Um, I just need to talk anime more. Like, yeah, so I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like Rise of the Shield Hero is next on my list per your recommendation. But right now I'm in the middle of Assassination Classroom. Um, that's a ton of fun. That came out in like 2013 or something like that. So we watch a lot the of anime. The cover of that has been so fascinating. Oh, Assassination Classroom? Yeah, like just the cover alone is like, this is interesting it's so much fun uh my girlfriend and i picked it up because we wanted something to fill the fun gap that my hero academia left us with so when you're like in the mood for something enjoyable that has the little bit of action assassination classroom has been fun so yeah we consume a lot of content it's just hard to figure out what we want to talk about but we've gone 10 minutes without even mentioning that we're here to talk about harley quinn it was in the opener true also the filler the filler content for my hero academia is out i saw a little snippet of it I think it's like four episodes out so far. And it's actually been like silly uh, filler. Yeah. What, what is this like stuff? Non-canon or is it canon That's to like filler cut? is. 
So it's non-canon filler. Yeah. But it's just wholesome stuff with, like, Endeavor's team going on missions around the city. Okay, well... It's my Hero Academia content. I don't care if it's filler or not. I was about to say, now I have something else to watch. Um, So I've been meaning to watch that, but a snippet came up on my Twitter the other day, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I definitely need to watch this. You know, I might have seen that snippet, and I think I just assumed it was like from one of the non-canon movies. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's, I think, like I said, I think it's four episodes out with once a week. Rad. All right, so that was a good ten minutes of our little anime corner. Uh, let's get on to the content that you actually hit play for. And we're going to start it off with an email from Captain Game Show in reference to last week's episode. Yeah, he sent this like right after that podcast came out. So you can tell it's a bit more of a response to our podcast more than a response to the episode. Yeah, I felt called out. Anyways. Hey guys, listen to the latest episode now. The show was from Harley's perspective, so it's easy to lose focus. But guys, maintain perspective. Batman is not the villain here. Remember, Poison Ivy's plans to destroy all of humanity, starting with Gotham City and then expanding to the world. Batman is doing exactly what Batman would do. He's figuring out what chemical thing Ivy did to Frank and is trying to come up with a formula to counter it. He just seems bad because we all like Frank. Also, you said it seems like Harley isn't the main character this season, but they let you know that this was going to happen in the first episode when they ended it by adding Anne Poison Ivy to the ending title card. I agree with you about Harley being super annoying, but I feel like she kind of, sort of, a little bit redeemed herself a teeny bit later (laughs) as she was trying to get Ivy to open up more as a psychiatrist. I'm rooting for these two, but I need to see a way for this couple to work beyond just that they care for each other. We'll see. Much love as always, and thanks for the Captain Game Show shout-out. Zoo episode should be out in two or three weeks. This is from John. I suppose it makes sense that Nora would have high chemical tolerance irons. That's a very well, long middle name, sir. <laughs> Thank you, as always. You know, we appreciate that stuff. And I agree. I read this email right after the podcast came out. I felt called out, but like, for good reason. We were pessimistic about the last episode. I don't want to say negative. We just weren't. Yeah. We weren't in the highest place with that last episode. And But that is also kind of this podcast is like, I'm not going to lie to you and be like, this show is great. Go watch it if it's not the case. Um, and it is great, but, but it's like, you just gave me an orgy episode. Like, what are you doing to come back from that? Yeah, it, it was a little weird to like, I wanted higher, I think is all that it was. And I'll even take notes from this email and say, you know, you're right. I kind of got my sides flipped a little bit and was like, Batman's being the bad guy and Poison Ivy's just trying to do her thing because like, she comes from the weird Aaron Yeager perspective of She's trying to do what she thinks is right and help nature and help the environment and deal with the climate crisis, but accidentally at the cost of humanity. And it's like a weird ends justify the means. And I kind of forgot the whole she's going to kill everyone thing when I was Mm -hmm. like, why is Batman doing this bad stuff? So it feels nice to be put in check like that. But also it's weird because she is trying to do the right thing, I guess. And it's not even like why is Batman doing a bad thing as much as it is we got used to them. Like the way that Batman was depicted in season one was really well done, but he got a little more goofy this season. And then they put him back to like the Batman that we know and love. 
Yes. So it was almost like you forget that, like, like even in like the Batman movie, like he thinks that he's always right and doing the right thing. And then like you realize like how his ego sometimes takes over. And we got a little taste of that here. But also because of our love of Frank, it was it came off with like negative connotations, even though it was just kind of like there is a plant that talks and has the ability <laughs> to walk and levitate now with everything else going on in Gotham. That is not something you want to add to the list of things being normal. <laughs> yeah, like Batman is investigating for good reason. And I really think the only reason it was so surprising is, like you said, what they've done with Batman in this show because that whole episode was also focused on his breakup with Catwoman and the fallout. And it felt like we were going on a like Batman depression arc almost where he's pouring himself into his work. Mm. When in reality, it was probably just Batman doing Batman things. So you're totally correct. And again, it's just how weirdly they're using him because I thought we were going to see Batman in this episode. And I'm kind of okay that we didn't have to deal with the weird ramifications of how Bruce is taking joker running for mayor yeah because we already get to see gordon doing that yeah exactly it almost would have been overdone to have two people fighting against joker being mayor. yep uh that being said we can go into the synopsis of the episode and start talking about that yes of so course. joker the killing vote directed by junkie park written by connor shin also junkie park did the uh nightwing episode After learning that his stepchildren did not get into Spanish education program due due to their school due to political reasons, the Joker decides to run for mayor. Meanwhile, despite his mayoral campaign winning public favor, Gordon lacks any real policies. To guarantee his winning, he chooses to follow Two-Face's unethical methods, but loses Barbara's support as a result. Two-Face kidnaps the Joker's stepson, Benicio and threatens his life unless the Joker drops out of the election. The Joker surrenders, but Two-Face traps him and Benicio in a deadly roller coaster, revealing that he only supported Gordon to become the district attorney again and poison the sitting mayor. Upon learning this, Gordon saves Joker and Benicio and almost kills Two-Face until the Joker reminds him of the error of his ways. Realizing Joker has truly changed for the better, Gordon drops out of the election only to learn that he will become jobless after the Joker announces his plan to dismantle the GCPD. As Harley Quinn and Ivy return from New Orleans... They are shocked to discover the Joker has become the new mayor of Gotham. Which I'm glad they tied that in because I was wondering where they were this whole time. Forgetting that they were in New Orleans because I thought they would just like magically be back. And that was my thing. I kind of forgot that they were like a big part of the story for a moment. It was just like, oh yeah, where were they this whole time? And then to see the New Orleans button and then mention, you know, they were coming back. it, It made sense. But... I will say, now that you pointed out that the... Was it the writer or the director uh, also did the Nightwing episode? Director. Director. I think the Nightwing episode and this episode have been my two favorite of the season so far. Okay. Seeing some consistency here. It, it, do you also agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I think this one actually does a good job at, like, coming back, because it was cringy in all the right ways. Like, I felt like the intent of Joker being a stepdad and suburbanized was meant to be cringy, and that emotion, like, came off very well. Like, I facepalmed so hard when I saw the apron when I said, like, (laughs) hi, hungry, I'm dad. And I sent that to my roommate, too, because he makes that joke all the time. Uh, And it was... 
I felt like the story progressed a little bit. I love the relationship between Barbara and Gordon and just how she's always second to everything. Not like love it like that's good for them, but like love how it's written and how it's conveyed and just how like off the chains Gordon is. Like this this felt like the story is actually progressing again and it has like a little bit of direction again. Yes, and to tag on your comment of it being cringy, I feel like we use that word wrong sometimes of like, oh, that was cringy, that was weird. Like this was meant to be, ooh, I'm watching my dad catch up with his old friends from high school and it's like cringy because they're you know reminiscing about things not cringy because they were making bad underhanded sexual jokes i yeah felt like this remedied our complaint last week of the intelligence of the show that they didn't really take the low blows this episode they had the Mm. occasional joke in there but it was still very much oh how does joker react to being on the pta with the complaining mom like that's a good story to follow down and they had a lot of opportunities where I expected them to do the low blow jokes and they just didn't do them. And I was much happier with the outcome because yeah. I didn't have to deal with the, you know, sexual humor or anything like that that was going on. So yeah, like little things like him being frustrated with Debbie and then you see him cut to like him stabbing the steak when it was, you know, just steak. Yeah. No. Yeah, and like, it's like that is it's a lot more entertaining for like my uh, entertainment preferences. Yeah, and you talk about entertaining. Uh, Gordon actually did something this episode as well. He went full, like, ham getting the Joker and Benicio out of that uh, roller coaster. Yeah, I guess he's picked up a thing or two from Batman. Yeah, it makes me wonder when he is out of a job, are we going to see some knockoff Batman vigilante that is James Gordon running around the streets? Didn't he kind of do that in season two? He went off his rocker in season two, but I it didn't really count as vigilanteism because Gotham was under martial law. So sort of, but I don't know. I'm just, I don't know what happens when Jim Gordon's not a cop. Jim Gordon's always a cop. If he's Batman's biggest enemy and I'm Batman's best friend, does that make him my biggest enemy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And hopefully we get some more James Gordon and, you know, Bruce and or Batman interaction coming up because they're so funny with the way that they've yeah. written him as this I like, like interactions a lot. Yeah. Trying to catch up on everything. I was wondering like what the line was going to be for Barbara to just put on the Batgirl suit and actually just take out Two-Face. I, I was wondering the same, but I kind of like the recurring nature of Jim just not getting that Two-Face is Two-Faced. He's like, yeah. Why are you surprised? We've been over this like 10 times. You should expect me to shoot you at this point. Like, uh. And then his, uh, his wife was like, you're going to be no face by the time I'm done with you, which she hit him with her van. Why did they walk off without her van? Like that was your <laughs> ride to go get tacos. You were in the middle of an abandoned amusement park, like outside of the city. I imagine the good tacos are in the hole in the wall parts of the city. I, I couldn't imagine. Very passionate about tacos. I have Mexican food sitting downstairs for me right now, too. Ooh, tacos. Sound, maybe I'll just go get tacos tonight. I actually ordered a Rose Con Pollo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a taco truck Which down the I was looking at Grubhub before that happened, too. And then I was like, oh, that's settled what I'm eating for dinner. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of this show 
kind of transitioning into real life. Did you notice the references and how many of them there were in this episode? Of course I did, but why don't you elaborate them for us? Well, yes, of course. The audience needs to know. Um, so for all of you out there who don't quite remember this, the pretty much the entirety of that parade scene was just a reference. Um, without a doubt, that was supposed to be the Jack Nicholson parade scene from the Tim Burton Batman in 1989. Oh. Because... He had the big round hat on in the same way Nicholson wore. He was throwing money out to the crowd, which was literally the way that Joker was trying to win everyone over. And then they had the uh, big balloon that had the gigantic nose and the uh, cake float, which was literally shot for shot exactly how he came down the street in that 89 Batman movie. So it's just like slowly putting the pieces together as it happened. And I was just like, where are they going with this? And it was just awesome to see that they were acknowledging the source material, but then have him drive away in the cake on a rampage to go stop Two-Face. Like, nope, this Joker is different from the one we usually know. Subvert expectations, let's continue onward. So it was a cool reference, but I was just like, they didn't need to do this, but they did so that I could freak out a little bit. And I love it because that Joker is off the chain when it comes to the way that he acts. Speaking of subvert expectations, there's no way that that float pushed a whole freaking riot tank out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jim Gordon's cheap tank. He's probably not changed the oil in it in a while. He's probably this is not all got rusted air in the tires. Just, yeah. oh, okay. Paper mache. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the big reference. And then I did also take a look because I had a funny feeling this was going to be the case. And uh, the elementary school that the kids were going to was Cheryl Robinson Elementary. Uh, looked it up. Cheryl Robinson was the co-creator of both Robin and the Joker, writing comics back in the 40s uh, during the initial runs where those characters came out. So that was just a nice little homage to who created the Joker during an episode that was totally focused on a very different rendition of the Joker than I think he ever would have guessed, but still very nice to pay homage to those people i always appreciate little stuff like that like when we were doing the 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 fantasy points for the for the marvel movies we were doing the ones from miss marvel and one of the easter eggs was that there was like a plaque on the school when you go up the stairs and all of them were like um people who were like writers and artists yes. for some of the comics and just like little things like that like showing the appreciation for the people who make all the source material and contribute to the, like the creation of the shows and stuff is just really nice yeah and i i couldn't find anything on the list of students or rather i couldn't find anything consistent on the list of students but i think a couple of them had the same last names as some dc comics writers so oh, i cool. wouldn't be surprised if that was like the actual comic writers kids or something along those lines that again, they were nice. just trying to sprinkle in there. I couldn't find anything consistent, but a couple of the last names lined up with some uh, comic writers. So they took the first name from one writer and a last name from the other, just mixed it up. They very much could have done that. I wasn't, <laughs> I did not want to sit there and pause the whole time, just looking up names, but that's fair. I must say the fact that it was so easy for him to just go in, rob the brink and just throw the money at everybody. And the cops were like, uh, Sure, let's just throw yeah. up on the staircase and go with it. You wonder why that was funny. Um, <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. It just cuts out. Just <laughs> uh, you wonder why he is dismantling the GCPD. He's like, you are terrible at your jobs. A criminal escapes every other day from Arkham Asylum. And there's a three-year yeah. waiting list, apparently. 
so yeah, let's just get rid of the cops, especially because they watch Gary shoot like three people and they're like, oh, man, that Gary. Yeah, there's also one of those things where it's like, you know, they take a lot out of like current events and that one's going to be a very interesting thing to see, like how they tackle it or what they do with it. Yeah, I don't I... want to get too much into modern stuff because that's not what the show's about. But that's there's a couple things where it's like, haha, I see what you're going with there, and then this one's just kind of like, ooh, that's a topic. If anything's going to tackle this topic, it's this show. But and that's the thing, they were kind of on the head with the topics that they brought up, and it's a question of do they take the topics anywhere beyond you know what they have said. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious next week to see how that really plays out. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bruce Wayne run against him. Because mm. that is a thing in comics, is Wayne for mayor yeah. as well. So, because like, he's not going to let that happen. There's no way that he lets Joker just walk in and take an office position. Can Alfred just run? That would be the best, obviously. The macaroni for mayor. Macaroni for mayor. Wow. <laughs> oh, powdered wig and all. We're bringing it all the way back <laughs> to George Washington. Let's go. Oh, my God. I saw a I think I sent it to you or I meant to. And then obviously I sent it in my head, but it didn't actually hit send. It was a clip from Teen Titans Go where Batman was chasing the Teen Titans in the Batmobile. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking you know about. Oh, yeah uh so since i just teased it to the yeah, listener, explain it to the listeners please cyborg like blows up the batmobile and out of the smoke comes out the bat cycle and then raven and starfire looking at him like look at this tool and then they hit the bike and it turns into a scooter that he's actually like pushing off of with one foot and then they blast the scooter and then he has like heelys so like these skates come <laughs> out of his things and he's skating and then they hit him again and then it's just alfred like red and angry like pointy mustache just charging like a mad horse with batman riding his back like what (laughs) is this and they just say wow he's really resourceful like they don't question what's going on they're just like man he's prepared (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that gave me a laugh and you mentioning that just added to it And that's the one thing that we've avoided talking about it for a while, and we're going to continue avoiding it until there's proper news. But the whole DC shakeup with everything going on, I really hope with them doing the quote unquote pointing themselves in one direction does not mean that we're going to start missing out on these fun side projects like Teen Titans Go, like Harley Quinn, you know, all these random things where we can laugh at the expense of what's going on. Because like after I watched DC Super Pets, the first thing that my girlfriend said to me was, yeah, well, of course this is funny. It's easy to make fun of Batman. He's such an easy character to poke fun at. I'm like, yeah, that's why I love this movie. That's why I love Batman, because he has flaws that we can make fun of. So I just want more things where we can, you know, actually grab onto that with DC going forward. I mean, just the projects that they're doing on the streaming platform in general, like Young Justice is phenomenal, as we know. Uh, Titans... It doesn't quite know how to wrap up a season, but everything else in it is really good and really intriguing to watch. Doom Patrol is hilarious and just wild and so... It's like, how do people think of this type of stuff? So, like, the fact that they have the ability to make these side projects in their own house as opposed to, like, this, you know, 
Fox is doing Gotham and CW is doing Arrow and CBS is doing Supergirl and whatever else it was. Like they can they can play with all this stuff and have this variety and diversity in their house and their movie projects can follow the MCU template all they want, even if they do a reboot, but like still have this on the side to play with. There's an asterisk there. If they get rid of the Matt Reeves Batman line, I'm going to kill someone, but <laughs> they could do whatever else they want. Make a justice league with all the other characters, but leave oh, yeah. Battinson on his own. I beg of you. <laughs> yeah. Leave the, the Batverse as its own entity, like make your D- new DCEU outside of that. But whatever penguin show you're making and joker stuff you're gonna expand on like all that needs to be its own thing because it's just dark and gritty and beautiful and i love it all oh yeah for sure and i mean it's also adds to my point of diversity yeah diversity but also letting creators be creators um i think the reason that the first two seasons of harley quinn were so well regarded is because someone passionate about dc came in and wrote a comedy about Harley Quinn and the offshoot characters that they wanted to write about in Clayface, King Shark, like just kind of riffing off of all the jokes that they could make because they were passionate about it. So like letting them do that and know that it's not hurting the rest of your things. Like no one complained that Harley Quinn was taking away from the DCEU. No, they were just like, okay, that's a thing over there. Like let them have these own entities. Like James Gunn has done amazing things with uh, Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. Let that continue in its own vein of stuff. And if you need to reboot some things, reboot some things, but like let them exist in their own right. Because I think that's the biggest problem with Marvel right now is they are getting a little bloated. There is an argument that some of these shows could be out of universe and they would be just as good. So, like, letting the things that don't need to have big implications be small is still a good thing. The only thing I'll say about that, because I don't want to divert too much, is... We've already gone way off track of Harley Quinn, I know. so let's go. That's why I don't go more. Um, the only thing I'll say on that is that people absolutely loved that they had this extended universe. And now that Marvel is doing the diversity thing with different types of content it's not so much like marvel cookie cutter anymore now it's like people are mad that they have to watch it so that they get the future stories whereas before nobody liked the dc stuff because it's a bunch of different things and nothing was connected or had to do with each other so it's it's a very interesting like middle ground of like what marvel's trying to do what dc's trying to do because they're almost like stepping into like what the other one's been doing all this time and i didn't quite make that connection until just now but it's it is very intriguing to watch and the last thing i'll say is like into the spider-verse like that again was just creators who had a passion project that for not i don't want to say forced but heavily pushed mcu to make a story that had to do with that concept because one animated movie affected the whole freaking mcu yeah exactly and i mean and like you said we're getting there we're getting very close to them doing the same thing and i would argue dc found it first dc tried the connected universe said okay not everything can be in the dceu so let's make the joker and the batman and those were successful while they also have the dceu going on on the other side 
we're watching Marvel say, okay, we have the MCU greater over here, but Sony's not doing a good enough job. We're just going to cut them out of the picture for a minute. We're getting Marvel zombies. We're getting Spider-Man freshman year and uh, X-Men 97. We're getting all of these things that are not canon to the MCU, but still letting people chomp on the bit of their favorite characters in the same way we have Young Justice, where we can chomp on our favorite characters over here, but we have not seen Dick Grayson on the big screen since who knows. I can't even think of him because I don't think Dick Grayson was even in Batman and Robin back when it was Clooney. I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be Tim Drake. So I don't even know if we've had a big screen uh, Dick Grayson. I love him on Titan, so I'm fine without it. And that's what I'm saying. We get the characters that we can still love, but they don't have to do the whole thing. Deadpool is going to be another great example of that when it happens. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's interesting. But at the end of the day, for me, good content is good content, and that's all I care about. Oh, exactly. And I mean, that's what we're here for. We're to tell you what animated content is good and go from there. I really need to get my TikTok going again. Yeah, I need to start making reels on our Instagram at some point. But, you know, we'll get there. If you feel like following and looking at the two things I have made, Zoo's quick thoughts on TikTok. The goal of it was like all the non-podcast stuff. I just like give my my quick thoughts on it. Uh, Just on movies and shows and stuff. He realized how much fun it was to say all of those things at me, so he just decided to say them all in the podcast. Do you mean the TikTok? Yeah, I'm I'm just joking around and saying like how many things you've do- you've called me off air to talk about movies and stuff, and just it, don't yeah. put them on the TikTok, but they could very well be the same monologue. But yep, all the people that are fun to have these conversations with don't live near me, and that is a problem. Instead, they leave and go to the other coast. So anything you want to talk about, Harley Quinn? <laughs> uh, besides getting called out. No, like I said, this was a great episode. Like, it's not deep enough that I'm like, oh, we really need to dig into any of the stuff. It was just, it was fun. But it's good direction. It's good building. Like, no, I know it, it made me want to keep watching. Like, I'll even pull back the curtain a little bit. Zuhair and I talked last week that I was just like, Man, we got to keep covering Harley Quinn. This is, it feels like it's going nowhere with that episode yeah. last week, which is why I may have sounded more pessimistic than usual because I'm usually very optimistic about these kinds of things. This week, I watched the episode and I was like, all right, let's go. There's things here that are building towards something greater. So, yeah, no, I'm totally on board with where they're heading with all of this. They didn't show us Batman, and I know there's going to be more Batman involvement. We have to figure out what Harley does now that her ex is the mayor. They they left us enough threads. There's still the Clayface story going on. There's still the entirety of the Frank story. I'm waiting for that King Shark episode to tell us what happened while he was in the city for those six hours. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's... The end of the episode left me wanting war yes but i'm okay with waiting until next week it's not like i need this now yes i mean that's That's kind of what sandman's doing for me right now too just to plug in a little something else that i'm watching yeah i gotta watch sandman at some point i I just haven't Um, finished the comics yet so i'm trying to buzz through those before i get to sandman so yeah uh that's it for me on harley quinn yeah no Uh, i noticed at the end of our sibling podcast source pages they do like a 
shout out to like non-stranded panda podcasts that they appreciate so want to give another shout out to captain game show uh john irons is a great host for that as he said the episode with me and matt will be coming out soon but please check out all of them because his trivia stuff is really fun and i just want to say i'm pretty sure the other two co-hosts have been on um i i'm just wondering when it's my turn (laughs) (laughs) yeah put it out there bud (laughs) no yeah haley's been on there jay scotty's been on there there's been a bunch of pandas there i think jeff has been on there uh gary milton was on there with me and the other one uh 323 with reed murphy that's where i throw in my sports talk but there's always great games and just random shenanigans towards the end of the episode cake or cake in was a great bit (laughs) if you don't care about the sports stuff but you want a good laugh i just go down to the 50 minute mark and support that youtube uh anything else you want to add um i mean you just brought it up we mentioned our sister show source pages but if you are new here because we did see a little bit of new traction at one point in the downloads for when harley quinn started if you are new uh we are a part of the strand of panda podcast network so go to strandofpanda.com and check out all our other great shows we have stuff for comic books marvel superheroes star wars horror has been recently added to our list we have a whole repertoire of shows occasionally you might hear one of our voices on there but all of them are fantastic across the board so i will definitely just call out our other sister shows as well so check out all the shows come back and listen to us and as always stay whelmed and until next week muscle muscle thank you for listening to the animation deliberation podcast a proud member of the strand panda network if you would like to contact us you can email animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at animation delib one for this and other great shows, you can visit strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Whether you're trying to get a break from the grind or grinding to break records, running for balance or burgers, only one thing counts. You're out there step after step, mile after mile, and we're out there with you all the way. Visit your local Nike store today to find your perfect pair of running shoes. No matter if you're setting the pace for the pack or flying solo to the rhythm of your own kicks, you're one of us. You coming? Come run with Nike at your local Nike store today.